Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily News. Mike Daly going to be along in just a second here for you. But first, want to remind you, of course, with all of our podcasts here on Canadian Football Perspective, it is brought to you by our good friends at Fox 40. Start your season off right with products from them at Fox 40. Outfit your coaching staff with custom logoed Fox 40 whistles, gear, coaching boards, and much, much more. Visit fox40shop.com. Use the code CFP15 at checkout for 15% off of your entire order. Very fortunate today on the show to be joined by the most important new member, I guess you could call him, of the Ottawa Red Blacks, Jeremiah Masoli, of course, former teammate of Mike Daly with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. The two got to know each other pretty good during that time. The more I think about it, there really is no relationship quite like free safety to quarterback. When we were talking in last week's episode of the Daily News, if you missed it, the Manziel game where Johnny Manziel comes into the league, he's practicing with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. He's going against Mike Daly, the starting free safety at the time for the Tiger Cats. Then he ends up going to Montreal. Well, Mike Daly is the starting free safety for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Mike ends up getting an interception off of him, reading him, understanding him, studying him, running the defense from the back end. The middle linebacker, obviously super important, but the free safety right there in that conversation. And Daly has seen a lot of these guys. He understands Jeremiah really, really well, but it also gives them this camaraderie that I think you'll enjoy in this interview. So without further ado, it's time to listen to Jeremiah Masoli with Mike Daly and myself right here on the Daily News. Masoli, man. What's going on? What's up, Mike? How you doing? You just finished a workout or what? Nah, just just the other workout, the dad workout, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kids That's got me running around the house, man. How old are they now? Five and two. Five and two. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you're running. You're running going. Big time. Oh yeah, hey, my daughter's uh, running the house. Hey, I got a. Actually, the one thing I did want to ask you though is I, I never really asked you this in the locker room ever, but I know like quarterback workouts are different. But do you like do you hit the gym like guys do? You know what I mean. Like, are you getting under a squat rack as much anymore, or like is it kind of all a lot of throwing and like moving around type stuff? Yeah, um, I definitely did early on. You know coming from the uh, kind of like that old school thinking where you got to just bench and, and squat the world, you know. But um, as I got older, I kind of learned what worked for me. But I definitely still hit the squat. Still got to do, uh, you know, my – I definitely don't do power cleans no more, but I'm still uh, hitting dead hitting deadlifts, you know, and, and still hitting the squat and bench. So I definitely got to stay strong. But definitely kind of got that, you know, Tom Brady mentality about, being more pliable as a quarterback as opposed to, you know, just being strong in the weight room, being more functional out there on the field. So definitely hit the field a lot more than than as opposed to early in my career. Yeah, I, that's what ends up happening once your joints start hurting when you wake up in the morning, huh? <laughs> you just like, <laughs> right. Oh, I'm not going <laughs> to mm-hmm. get under those weights anymore. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> but, like, so you're out there. I mean, you're in San Fran right now, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, so you're, I mean, man, what a, what an absolutely awesome opportunity for you to be out, like, you know, nice weather, all that kind of stuff, because, I mean, you're here, and even talking to Dane, like, he's trying to find some sort of field to throw on, you know what I mean, because of how cold it is. I mean, do you, are you trying to get out there every single day and throw around, or is it kind of like, is there a schedule on that? Yeah, so what I've kind of learned for what works for myself, um, you know, as, as as the years have gone by is, 
Um, right after the season, I kind of take it easy on my shoulder and my arm. I don't throw as much. You know, I'm just getting into, you know, just staying fit, fit and staying in shape and then kind of build up as, as January, February hits and you start throwing a lot more. So, um, you know, e e even right now, you know, four to five times a week at least, you know, you got to at least hit the field and, and get that arm going. Um, but I know guys that don't that don't throw a lot also in the offseason, and that's just their thing. You know, they don't want to use their arm as much. You know, they, they do other stuff, get it done other ways. So there's different ways you could go about it. You know, you just got to find what works for you. But I like I like throwing a lot too, so it's, it's fun to me. I like being out there on the field. Especially training camp, I could imagine too, right? Like I remember talking to you a few times where, it's like if you're if we're really hitting mid training camp and you've been throwing four team sessions a day, I'd imagine you want to save that elbow a little bit. You know what I mean? But no, I I get it. So you know, kind of moving away from that. But um, what I wanted to get you on here for is you know we have obviously been teammates for a while and been in Hamilton for a long time. And I know you know we had Speedy on recently and. I just wanted to see what it was like once you decided, you know, it was kind of moving on from, from being a Hamilton. Cause you know, we're, we're kind of all in the same boat and it's, you know, change is good sometimes, but it's also weird at other times. So like, you know, how was that whole free agency process and, and stuff like that for you? Was it weird? Was it fun? Was it uh, interesting? Was well, how was that? It was all of it, man. It was kind of, I kind of got the roller coaster ride, which was cool, man. It was a good experience because just being in the league for so long and just being on one team, you kind of see other guys go through it. Never really reaching free agency myself. Um, it was good, you know. You kind of feel like you back in college, getting recruited a little bit, you know, <laughs> feeling like you wanted by, by certain teams. So that's always good. But um, besides that, you know, I just I was just super grateful for the opportunity um, for Ottawa. I know uh, Hamilton has treated, treated me and my family very well throughout the years. And even my first day getting into Hamilton, you know, any place, it's, you know, it's it's not permanent. You know, it's always going to – everything's going to come to an end, right, even, even the great things. So um, I appreciate my time there. And, you know, we just turned the page as a family, and now we're on to Ottawa. Another challenge for us, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and that's that's the thing, right? Like, I mean – you know, we've been lucky enough to be in one spot, but after a while, you know, seeing everybody leave, you're just kind of like, okay, at some point, it's going to be my name that's, that's heading out that door, right? But I mean, okay, so first time in free agency, that's always interesting, right? What was, you know, unlike college recruiting, where I'm sure you're getting cars, but we won't talk about that, you know, sent to your family <laughs> and whatnot. But. Yeah, I, I don't know. Did anybody give the gold Trans Am like Dickerson at A&M or what? <laughs> No, man, no. I didn't get that in my time. They were they Hey, were that's what, he's, down that's what that. he's still in right now. That's what he's doing the interview. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, man, man, like, how how was that? How the What is that, like, recruiting world like in pro sports? Because, I mean, I've never I've never been through it. And, I, you know, it was obviously very public um, that you were between Ottawa and Edmonton, whether it was actually between Ottawa and Edmonton for you but it was public that it was between that. Like, how was that recruiting? Were you traveling to both of those teams, meet with them? How'd that go? Um, It was good, man. I, I definitely took my time with the process. You know, shout out to my agent, Fred, man. We, uh, he, he definitely does shout his out. homework. Yeah, Fred, man, he takes care of his boys. So, you know, I was just 
leaning on his, uh, you know, wisdom about the situation and because he's been through it, um, you know, himself many times. So, you know, I was just playing playing the game within the game. You know, it is what it is. It's, there's only so much a player can do, right? So I'm only in control of so much that I can control, right? And I, and I let my agent handle that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, I know for me, the, the main factors were obviously winning, right? Building a winning culture and, and, and having a shot at the Great Cup. And I definitely think we had that with, you know, the, the tandem of Berkey and La Police and everything else that, that's been happening since then. So um, it was it, it, it was fun for sure. It's different. Um, I didn't travel back and forth. I was going to, but, you know, honestly, I've, I've been to both places, been, been in, Obviously, I spent my first year in Edmonton um, <clears throat> playing there and experiencing that city. So I kind of already knew what that place was about and, um, and Ottawa likewise. So me and my family actually got to spend some time in Ottawa during the season. So uh, we, we definitely grew fond of it. I got to ask you a quick follow up on that, Jeremiah, is that like I saw in the Behind the R episode where you're on the Zoom call with Lapo and he's, he's telling you, like, listen, like I can I can get more out of you. Like, I, I know how to get you to a place you want to go. And you're sitting on the other side of the Zoom. And just because I've spent so much time interacting with you, being around you, interviewing you through your years in Hamilton, I'm seeing your face and you're like, you're trying to play it cool, but very much on the other side of Zoom, I can tell you're like, yeah, I know. You're, you're like, yeah. yeah how, how, hard, how, how hard was that for you to not just, because you're talking about being patient, trusting Fred, trusting your agent. How hard was that for you not to just pull the trigger and say, yeah, I know this is the right fit. Let's just do this thing because it was obvious to a lot of us that are Monday morning quarterbacking it, but you got to make that decision in the best interest of yourself and your family. So like you have to slow play it. No doubt, no doubt. And, um, you know, you, you do, you owe it to yourself. You know, every player owes it to himself. At the end of the day, it's a business, you know, and we build all those relationships, but it's a business. You know, we got to produce and we got to win now and, you know, we got to, we got to, we got to bring the championship home, you know? So, um, but, but like I said, you owe it to yourself to slow play it. And, uh, you know, all, all the hard work that, that us as players put in, you know, we, we deserve that, that opportunity and that chance to kind of get after it and see how much we are worth in the market. Um, but like you said, it was, it was a no brainer early on for me, for sure. It, it was just a fit, you know, it was just an easy fit, even, you know, with Burke too, but but even without Burke, you know, just me and La Police um, as by ourselves, it, it was a good fit. So we, we definitely got a good report going. Yeah, and that's the, I mean, you know, playing against Lapo, that's easy to see. You know what I mean? The stuff that he's been able to do with some guys. And, I mean, he's how much of that, and we've talked about this on a few episodes before, but how much of coaching is, you know, really a thing for quarterbacks? Like, I asked Speedy, like, how much of an offensive playbook does it open up for a receiver? You know what I mean? Whether it's a good playbook, whether it's not a good playbook, how a coach teaches it, how he doesn't. But, I mean, like, the amount of coaches you've had over your time, right, you're talking, like, Kent, June, Tommy, right now it's going to be Lapo, all those different guys. Like, is there a huge difference, or is it for you, you're just kind of, you know the reads, you know the plays, you, you know how to read it out. Is it the same? Is it really different? What's that look like? Um, I, I guess it depends on you. Right. And, and for me, I think it does matter, like what type of system you're in, the type of uh, coach, like even his titles to me, you know, him being the head coach, he's an offensive guy. Like, you know, that, that, that's just a bonus. If you're the quarterback, right. Like he sees the eyes through, 
the youth. So um, in terms of, yeah, you, you know, all of us can step into any system and, and feel like we could ball. But at the end of the day, we also know that great coaches can make a difference, you know, uh, in, in every day, just going to work every day. So um, uh, it, I think my, my attraction for Lapa was definitely seeing all the guys that came before him, right? I mean, before myself that he's played with, like guys that we know, guys that I've known, guys that I actually talked to, you know, text about Lapo uh, during the process. So um, that all that was a, was a combination just to make me feel comfortable with that decision. Is he more, is Lapo more like a June where he's going to have uh, a folder out there with four plays on it? <laughs> or is he more like a, a Tommy where it's a mad scientist up in the booth and do you know that kind of stuff yet? Yeah, I'm still I'm still learning myself, but um, for what I've learned so far, um, I feel like he's a good mix of everybody. Man, he's got a good balance of everything. He's got a good control. Um, he's very aware of what what he's got going on within his offense and uh, what he wants to do and what he doesn't want to do. So um, I think he's got a really good balance of both. I'm so angry I didn't get one of those June Jones Manila folders, man. Like I, that was the only <laughs> thing that I wanted from 2018 coming out of that. So did you get one? Did you get like a handwritten notes package that you get to keep or what? <laughs> yeah, I got some stuff for you. I yeah? got some. Uh, I definitely got some handwritten notes for you for, for the run and shoot, man. I, I definitely do. Man, the characters that guy would have down there. Remember the one dude from Houston? I don't know if you know his name, but he was down there. He looked like. Rick Flair before he ended up coming. Remember, he came to practice. He was all red, had the long blonde hair. We're like, where the hell is this guy? Isn't come that the from? dude who's uh, involved? In, oh man, I am so Jimmy something that used to be involved with uh, like the Argos, and he's the fan controlled football league and stuff like that. I feel like you're describing because <laughs> I'm pretty sure June has a relationship with that dude that's been behind a lot of these different pop up leagues. <laughs> no, June definitely knows all these guys. If oh, there's yeah. a football league going on, <laughs> he, he knows the guy in charge for sure. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Hey, how much uh, how much recruiting did you do? Because I see that, you know, as soon as you sign, Acklin all of a sudden is signing, and then Lozo signing. And Did you do any of that recruiting, or was that just kind of everyone just seeing what was going on over there? I, I, didn't, I didn't have to do too much, man. Honestly, guys, hit me up. And, and, and we're just kind of like, you know, giving me the eyes, like what's going on? What's the play? <laughs> yeah. You know, just yeah. kind of confirming, like, let's head this way. So I know those guys kind of had their minds made up as well in terms of, uh, you know, Berkey just doing what he did and and, and just really establishing what, we're, what we want to be. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a hard sell at all because that's, that's what we're going to be. So um, just knowing those guys kind of had that momentum of, Let's go do it. You know, it definitely helped me too. So uh, we, we kind of recruited each other that way. What is, I guess, uh, energizing to you about the rebirth aspect of going from something that you know so well, you understand Hamilton, the facilities and the, because one of the funniest things behind the art to me, Jeremiah, was when you walk in the locker room and you're looking around, you're like, oh, they got the sauna in here. Damn. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh yeah, he would never would have seen this. Like he never would have actually known. And then when you, you kind of smile and laugh, there talking about the idea of like guys going, Hey, you know, we're doing this fun. It's almost like when you're in free agency, you're playing fantasy football, but you're doing it with your friends and to have them reaching out to you and going on this journey with you. And you're saying, Hey, we can create something really unique and recreate our careers in this different place where it's going to be fun to play. 
there has to be so much joy for you in that because you went through some really difficult years in Hamilton that at times it was play, at times it was injury, at times it was depth chart on fairness or coaching or whatever. And like the happiness of you doing this Ottawa adventure in the early stages, it just makes me happy to see you enjoying it, to be honest. Let's let's get that transcripted right there, man. You hit it on the head, man. You definitely hit it on the head. Um, I'm with you there, man, for sure. I think, uh, you know, just the, the, the rejuvenation or the rebirth, whatever you want to call it, you know, it's just uh, that challenge of, of something different, something new, right? Like the challenge of working with La Police, the challenge of learning his playbook and being as efficient as I can be, uh, being a better quarterback this year than I've ever been. You know, it's just – just those kind of things, a new city, you know, the community, trying to re- help the community. There's different just avenues that I can be able to help myself grow as well and, and help people around me. So I'm definitely looking forward to stepping into that leadership role, but at, at the same time growing into it as well. Yeah, and that's the coolest thing is, I mean, you know, going to a place like Ottawa, it's not just, you know, the football and the team. Like, that city and everything around there, Lansdowne is awesome, man. Like, I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, when you look at it, when we visit and, you know, go out when we used to, it's, it's an awesome place. You know what I mean? Are you planning on bringing your family down? Oh, you can't, you can't just, you can't just skip past when we used to. Hey, I have to, I have to skip past that part because we can't divulge too much of that info. (laughs) That's, uh, that's for another time, I guess, but. Yeah, like just having pay for that, all man. that down there. Yeah, yeah, that's a Patreon thing, I think. <laughs> but yeah, like, are you bringing your family down? Are they going to stay down there with you? You know it, man. Got to, got to. It's definitely, you know, like that excitement of something new, just talking to my family out here about, man, I can't wait to show y'all what it really looks like. Like, my mom was able to come to that Eastern final, so she really knows what it, you know, what it can be. And, uh, you know, she was excited telling everybody else too, but, you know, I can't wait for them to see it in person. Yeah, and that's the coolest thing. I mean, I always thought that was one of the hardest things for some of the American guys, right, is the ones that end up having to, like, take off for six months and come back for six months. Did you have to do that early on in your career? Because I know later on, you know, your son was around the locker room all the time, but early on, that must have been pretty tough, huh? It was tough. Yeah, definitely tough, man. I, I definitely salute and respect the dudes that are in the locker rooms now. Like when I look around the room and just see guys getting it, you know, and they're just believing in a dream and trying to grind for that, you know, top spot on the roster or whatever it is. Like it, it reminds me of junior college football in terms of like you got to just grind and, and believe in yourself, man, because it's hard. Obviously, like it's a different game. All the American guys coming up, you know, so that learning curve can be frustrated and uh tough tough to overcome some guys just don't don't get it and, and just won't even try to accept it and learn it uh, but other guys flourish and, and that's, that's the challenge and the beauty of it too right so um that, that's yeah love it well and it's funny you say that because last uh last episode we were talking about um how big name quarterbacks right like you know johnny came up here like other guys that you see come up here and kind of forced to start right away, you know, don't really survive. And I'd actually like to get your kind of opinion on it because, you know, I have my opinion on it that they're just kind of forced in there on a completely new game and they're expected to play and start and be good. And when they're not, you know, not surprising because they've never played this type of game before and they're not good for the first four games, they pull them and then they kick them to the curb. But 
why why is that such a difficult transition and did you have some of that like maybe in Edmonton maybe early on in Hamilton I mean you got to sit and watch a little bit and learn right but why is that so hard for some guys and why do you think that they don't really survive Yeah, and I, yeah, for sure. And I, I agree with you. I think uh, you guys would know even better than me, too. Some of the even the bigger name guys probably didn't get off to the best start in their careers as well, like the Hall of Fame guys. But it's it's you know, it, it's obviously a different field. It's different rules, different game. It's a different mindset as a quarterback. I feel like you have to be a lot more efficient. You know, you don't have that extra down to kind of run the ball or set up a play action again. Um, you kind of got to learn that as you get up here, uh, get up north and um yeah, you know, it's it's a quick, fast-paced game. Um, I, I loved it. I loved it when I was in Edmonton. I just couldn't wait to throw deep every play. But you know, you <laughs> learn. <laughs> but you learn, right? You learn that you know that's not that's not anybody could do that, right? We all can drive back there and throw it as far as we can. It's about picking that defense apart, uh, you know, with whatever the offense, uh, however we execute it, right? Whatever our plan is. So. Um, there definitely is that learning curve for a lot of guys, and and it sucks when you see guys crash and burn. And some guys definitely, you could tell. I I'm really not sure if he would even have made it, but some guys, you know, if they just had a little more cushion or even a different situation, right? Like football is all about time, so situations can be crazy. Like myself, I had to definitely uh, learn from myself, uh, you know, the game. So um, it's tough, man. The CFL ain't no joke now. It ain't no joke. These guys come up here, try to throw these flat routes and these corner routes, man. Those are basically nine routes down south, yeah. you know, just for six-yard gains. So. <laughs> yeah, and that's, a, that's the thing. You always see it. I mean, at least I do in the in the locker room when, you know, new quarterbacks will come in. Be, this field's huge. This is going to be easy. Yeah, well, there's another dude out there, and it's a little bit tougher now because you got to – we're going to give you that check down that's 50 yards away. Good luck. <laughs> But I mean, exactly. and that's what exactly. I was—that's what I was trying to figure out. Is like you know, they kind of—you see the big names come in every time. They kind of get forced in there to play, and it's just—it's unfortunate to see you in a different position. It doesn't really matter because it's all the same, right? But when you see oh. it kind of happen to some of those other guys, and you know, hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully, some of those guys that come in here, they can do it and figure it out and not get kicked out of the league. But. Well, I want to. I want to know from you, Jeremiah. Like, when did you feel comfortable in your own skin to where you knew you could play the CFL game at a high level? Because, as you're saying, like, okay, you had to figure it out a little bit. You enjoyed the game. You loved it. But I imagine there was still this learning curve. I'm wondering how long that took because Mike and I were talking last week about guys like Josh Freeman, who never really got off the ground, or Taylor Cornelius, even in Edmonton right now. Where it's like, how long do these guys actually need? How long should our period of acceptance that they are learning be before we're actually allowed to say, okay, he might not be a great fit for this game or this league? Because I believe it's like two, three years, but you've lived it. So what was it for you? Yeah, yeah. I think it's 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 all dependent, situational on, on the guy. I think there's some guys that are more ready than others, um, you know, at, at any level, just in terms of that professionalism, how to prepare as a quarterback and, or maybe they had a great quarterback coach that taught them how to already read defenses before they, they got to the next level. Um, but um, for me, I, I just feel like the first time I knew we, it was our first scrimmage at Edmonton, right? I mean, just, just wow. trying to make the team over there. It was, 
you know, I, I just had some great throws that, that day and I, I just knew, you know, that I could do it on this field. I could see it and I could throw it and uh, I just had to learn it. I just had to learn it. So, it, you know, we weren't the best team that year either. And that, you know, so I, I it wasn't uh, the greatest to learn from, but I also uh, learned how to be a pro, right? Those first two, three years, um, what it really took, you know, not leaving the facility on time, you know, coming in early, staying in late, all that kind of stuff, you know, that stuff matters. So um, just had to learn all that stuff myself. Some guys already know how to do that. Um, some guys are coaches, sons, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but at the end of the day, you, you got to see how that guy executes out there under pressure, right? That's anybody can do it when it's all good. Uh, when, when the line's blocking great, um, it's when stuff falls apart. You, you really got to see how that quarterback responds. And that's the craziest thing to me is, okay, so you're in Edmonton and then, you know, do your thing. And then all of a sudden the trade happens with, I think it was, who was it, Carson Rockhill for you and Simone. And then maybe some other people that, you know, doesn't really matter. And I mean, you're talking about. How the dare guy you that disparage Carson. the good name of Nathan Kanye? How dare you? Oh, oh Kanye was involved in that too. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Um, but then Carson ends up coming back, but really that trade for Hamilton, I mean, we're talking between you and Simone, what that's what, eight years, nine years a piece? Right? Yes, yeah, not it's, more. It's a little production. Yep, some production there. <laughs> couple couple Hall of Famers, I'd say, at that point. But I mean, <laughs> to to get traded, was that your first year you got traded from Edmonton? Yeah, after yeah. my first year. Yeah. And to get traded at that point, like, are you like, okay, what's going on in this CFL thing? What, why am I up here? What am I doing? Why am I getting traded? I haven't done, you know what I mean? I've been just trying to throw a little bit. What's going on? Why am I getting traded? Right. What was like that? That's got to be kind of, cause you're probably at this point, like, man, I just want to be in the NFL. What's going on here? No, no doubt. It, you know, it's, it's, it's my games, you know, on top of that, you got bills stacking up, right? Like you, you didn't make a whole lot of money from the NFL. You trying to make the CFL team. They traded you. You still really don't know too many people. You know, I really don't know what the CFL is all about. I didn't travel to any of the games my first year. So I don't really you know, know what the country's really about. All I really know is the sample size of Edmonton that I had. So mentally, you know, I really wasn't sure how invested my future was going to be in Canada at all. Right. So, uh, but at the end of the day, I was still a football player and I was training, you know, to be a great quarterback. So uh, whatever opportunities arose after that, I was just going to go after. So, um, yeah, I just after that, you know, just history. I was over there all this time. How do you so I did I have to I haven't talked to anybody about this. I know how E. Harris got picked up at an open trial. But how do you know when you're in the, you know, an NFL camp right for San Fran and how all of a sudden it doesn't work out there? Does somebody come up to you and be like, hey, there's a league in Canada? Or is it like agents reaching out? Is the teams recruiting you? Like, what's that look like? Because I haven't really asked that other than knowing that E. Harris went to a Buffalo tryout and they picked him up. And that was about it. Yeah, I, from from my understanding, I believe, you know, some of the scouts or if you want to say some of the better scouts talk to the agents of like bubble guys and just let them know, you know, hey, just, just get in his ear, you know, let them know we hear it. We want him to come up if he's interested to come play, uh, you know, if things don't work out. So some to that effect. And um, so they already told my agent, you know, as soon as I was done with uh, um, Ole Miss and football over there and, the, and my pro dance stuff, they already had contacted my agent. There was a there was an open workout, too. They flew me out to Ole Miss uh, to work out over there. 
uh, yeah, I think Cables was there. Bunch, a bunch of the coaches over there just having a trial at Ole Miss. And from there, you know, after I cut, you know, they were already in contact with my agent and showed me up. And the rest is history, man. That's that's awesome. But listen, I've uh, I couldn't be happier for you. You know what I mean? Like just you know being through it all with you, March before before I wrap it all up. Do you have anything else for for Soli before we let him get out of here and? Get back just, to the beautiful weather of San Fran. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, glorious up here today, Jeremy. It was like 14 in sun. Don't worry. It's, it's <laughs> neg- negative five tonight, so we're going to go back down to normalcy. But um, no, I just wanted to say thank you, man. I, I First of all, for coming on, but also, of course, for, I think, your time in Hamilton. You know, I reached out to you uh, when you moved on to Ottawa, and you made covering Hamilton so much damn fun. Like, And I know that it didn't always end the way that you guys wanted, but uh, there's nobody I would rather cover. I remember I was working at McMaster at the time where you first showed up in your training camp with the Ticats. And I had watched you. I told you this. I watched you at Oregon. Otherwise, you were the nicest guy to me. We did the first player interview I ever did with Hamilton before I got into radio, TV, any of this stuff was me with like an old, you know, iPhone one in a locker room at McMaster yep. talking to you. Right. And <laughs> and uh, and you were always like, yeah, you went through some tough times. You went through injuries, things that were frustrating and you're human. And sometimes you were like, I could tell you didn't want to talk to us. And sometimes you were short with us, but you would still talk to us. And it's like, that that's all anybody really asks, right? And even not from a media perspective, from somebody who enjoys football, I was just super thankful to cover you because it was always so much fun. It was always an adventure. And I know the adventure is going to continue in Ottawa. So I, I'm so insanely happy that I'm doing games on television now. So I get to keep calling your games wherever they are bouncing around in the East division. Cause I think that's where they're going to have most of my action at. So it's going to be fun, man. I know I can feel the energy off of you and I know Mike knows it too. And, uh, and we're excited to see where you go with it. Appreciate it, man. Feel the same, man. Hey, thank you, man. I appreciate your style too, covering the game, man. It makes it fun. And uh, what, what people fail to see, and I'm sure Marsh, when you breaking down some film is, Soli was really the first one doing, you know, people talk about the no look of Mahomes. This yep. guy was the first guy doing it. I mean, I come into camp and I think I had to play field half at camp and Soli's out there <laughs> wearing, Soli's out there wearing, first of all, this is a cheat code. You shouldn't be able to wear a visor because we got to be able to see where you're looking. So he's wearing a visor, but then he's, he's looking at like OTB right over the check down and he's throwing them out wide. And I, I remember sitting there at half this is my first year out there. I'm like, I'm like, oh, he's going here and throw it out to the corner. You're like, what the hell is going on? Uh, but, man, I – I was going to say, was, I'll, I'll give you real quick fun. my – off the top of my head, my five favorite, five favorite types of Masoli throws, okay, from covering because after watching every throw that you've had since you've essentially been in Hamilton, calling every game on radio for five straight years, I would say uh, not even specific throws. I'm saying types of throws where you are setting your hips completely to the left and shimmying and moving the pocket before finally flipping back and ripping a 60-yard post. That's one of my favorites. Uh, one of my all-time favorites was you on a two-point conversion attempt at Winnipeg, I think backpedaling all the way to basically the center field stripe uh, because you just refused to give the damn ball back to the other team. <laughs> yep. That was backpedal, backpedal, backpedal for 50 yards, keep fighting through it. Um, one of my all-time favorites was, I think, against BC, but you've done this a variety of times, rolling to your right, and basically somebody's in your face, and you just jump, 
and throw it 20 yards on a corner route. Like, I'll just pop it over the top here. Just it's like the, the off the balance in traditional ways that you're able to get the football out in different ways. I just, I, I love that so much, man. It's, it's such a great way to play the game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate and, that, man. Thank you. Hey, after this, uh, after this season with the behind the R thing, we'll, you know, once season's done, you'll have your own Netflix documentary, and you'll be one of those type of stars, as you see with all the other. <laughs> you see that, man? We, dude, man, can we get a, can we get a? Uh, yeah, we need a CFL Hard Knocks, man, on Netflix or something, man. That would be well. Awesome. That's that's what it is, and that's why I'm excited. Oh, for it is it. for sure. Our guys doing that. I, yeah, it'd be great to just have everybody, man. I know the fans would eat it up for sure. That's right. We'll see you with your own uh, your own Netflix series soon, but that's that's for another time. That's for later. For a reality anyway, TV star, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Anyway, I do appreciate it, man. I know I know you got to get back to daddy duty. So I uh, appreciate you coming on, man. And honestly, uh, I can't wait. I told you this when I sent you that text. I can't wait to see you throw for a million yards and make a million dollars every single year. And that's that's what I'm rooting for, man. I can't wait. Appreciate it, Mike. Thank you, man. You're a good dude, bro. Appreciate it. No problem, man. I will talk to you later, all right?